0: You're listening to Hashtag No Filter on Revolver. of Hashtag No Filter. Today's guest I am so excited about. Her name is Kate Kennedy, and you all may know her as Be There in Five. Her podcast is called Be There in Five, and her story is just an awesome one. And she's just really blowing up, and I I just love her. She's so likable. She's so intelligent. So while some of the topics we talked about include reality television and and Chef Ben and our very differing opinion on Chef Ben, by the way, and you know influencers and that whole influence or culture among many other things while those topics seem maybe a little on the surface the the way she talks about them and the way she articulates her thoughts is so interesting she is so incredibly intelligent and funny and i just love her take and her insights on pop culture and everything having to do with it and that is what her podcast is based on so be there in five is her podcast and uh It also is the name of her company and so how she started was she'll talk a little bit more about this is she started by selling doormats because she would always leave her flat iron on and she was scared that like her house would burn down by the time she got home so she thought of the idea of creating doormats to remind you to turn off your flat iron and long story short her she started selling thousands of them and like she's a very successful company selling doormats and now she has this pop culture podcast and she's just super super smart Um, and I love talking to her so without further ado here is Kate Kennedy of be there in five on hashtag no filter. Hi, Kate. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Of course. I'm so excited. I'm selfishly really excited because even though I know it'll be a great podcast, I just am excited to shoot the shit with you about topics that I feel like I agree with you on just from watching you on Instagram, but you articulate it so much better than me. <laughs> Oh my
1: gosh, you're the best. No, I, I'll <laughs> shoot the shit all the live long day. <laughs> all day.
0: Okay, so before we get into questions that I got on Instagram and just the stuff, you know, different topics we're going to talk about, can you give everyone who doesn't know you a little background about who you are, what you do, how all this Be There in Five, how that all came to be?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the name Be There in Five is actually derivative of my company be there in five which was started by accident I was in corporate marketing for six seven years and was like paralyzed with fear that I left my curling iron on painted turn off your curling iron on a doormat kind of feeling like okay this is a canvas it usually welcomes you in your house why not see me on my way out and remind me not to burn my house down (laughs) and I threw them up on Etsy because I thought it was kind of funny called them remind doormats uh named it be there in five as a salute to my tendency to run behind and therefore almost burn down my house (laughs) and um it took off. We sold like thousands of mats on Etsy. My mom and I painted them out of our living rooms oh. for the first year and a year and a half. And then I quit my corporate job and kind of you know, streamlined the business, tried mm-hmm. to figure out how to make it run largely without me. Then weirdly, I kind of became obsolete. I couldn't get a new job really back in corporate America. So I kind of took to Instagram to fill the lonely days of self-employment. And I didn't want to talk about business or mats. <laughs> uh, I wanted to talk about the stuff that I cared about. Right um which was nonsensical pop culture 90s and 2000s nostalgia i really kind of took to instagram as like my place of what are all the things i like that nobody in my immediate life cares as much about and like tried to find my people so they'd follow me and not the mats right and that kind of turned into what is now the be there in five podcast, which i kind of cheekily say is like all the things that distract me all day that kind of make me say be there in five because i just i can't i don't skim like i have to know everything about something (laughs) And um, in addition to that, it kind of uh, I I'm uh, more so than a business owner. I'm a writer, and I wrote a book last year that was published in November called Twinkle Twinkle Social Media Star. Love that it. is, um, it's a children's parody book that is kind of based off my experience trying to get out there on Instagram and being like. Okay, this is insane. This is self promotion is like so uncomfortable. It's so weird right. and this whole space is weird. And I wrote it kind of as like a cathartic thing for myself, but it was kind of like a sarcastic poem that <laughs> I chopped around as a book, and here we are. So what? that is my very complicated. No, background. I love it. so
0: are you still <laughs> selling the doormats?
1: Yes. I sell them on the on the side. I'm working on licensing the IP we have so other people with scale can sell them. Mm-hmm. I have our Etsy shop on hold right now because they changed their algorithm to only favor Uh, shops who offer free shipping. And when your item's huge, it's like impossible for me to compete. Right. So long story short, the intention is yes, on the side, but I'd say it's like 25, 30% of my job.
0: Got it. So what is, is your full-time job, the podcast and the writing, or do you also have a separate job aside from that?
1: No. So up until this year, the mats were like 80, 90%. And then- When I wrote the book, it took so much time. I had to scale it back. And then since then, and honestly, through like Instagram and networking through this podcast and stuff, I do a lot of copywriting work. I do a lot of like of the creative branding, storytelling for other people's companies. So I kind of actually spend a lot of my time doing freelance work now. And then, yeah, the podcast and like I'm trying to get shop some other books around so it's I, like when people ask me at a bar I'm like I'm an ad sales oh my it's god whatever. it's the most
0: confusing <laughs> because for me I'm like I have a podcast but but I also write but I also work with some clients and I feel like people just think I'm like I have I have 10 heads like I
1: it's like I don't no, know Truly, really, yeah you get it, it it's I, I, I hate how disjointed I sound while simultaneously feeling like I work so much right right <laughs> I do think, um, do you ever
0: feel like, I mean, I feel like my friends that are in corporate America and like finance jobs and all that shit. I think they think I sit on my ass and twiddle my thumbs all day.
1: Oh, truly it's, there's this line in Hamilton about planting seeds for a garden. You never, you know, you never see grow. And I feel that way constantly, because a lot of the nature of, of freelance work and in creative work period is just making small connections and planting small seeds and like one out of every a hundred <laughs> blossoms into something that's huge for your career but in real time you don't know which seeds those are but you have to do them anyway right
0: you have to still do it and so then you're really working double what like a corporate job would be and you don't really see the the results of it right away <laughs> so it's
1: like right like Last year, when like you know, my husband comes home from work, it's like, "What'd you do today?" I was like, "I spent 10 hours writing and refining a poem about social media." Probably seemed like a waste of time. It turned out to be like the best thing I've right. ever done. A uh, whim, commit to that. And that's a weird other thing with the creative process is committing to those waves because sometimes they're so fruitful. Yeah. And while they they're but they're kind of distracting. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Yeah, I have I have yeah a lot of thoughts about this because I it, I hate being self conscious about it, but the bottom line is I am because right, I just don't know how to. <laughs> exactly. Well, and I almost
0: feel I don't know if you've noticed this. Like with some of my friends, not the one the ones that are in a creative industry, they get it. Like we jive on that level, that's great. But the ones that are the more corporate finance, whatever it is, I almost notice they don't really ask about my work anymore because I think they just don't get it. Or I don't
1: know. It's very strange. Oh, totally. I think it's it's been an interesting learning process for me where most people like, you know, A, making friends as an adult is, is hard, but B, a lot of your friends come from work. Mm-hmm. And when you're self employed, you're in this weird situation of isolation. And I almost had to learn to like reach out to people like on Instagram yep. and it ha- that have digital presences because that's kind of your trade and to befriend people in this trade is, has been so helpful for me just mm-hmm. to like, like you're talking about, just to hear other people say exactly what I'm thinking right. is a huge relief. <laughs> no, it
0: really is. I totally get it. Well, anytime you want to just like bitch and moan about shit that only like people in our world understand, I'm here. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> um, okay, so have you always been into pop culture? Like, has this always been just, you're fascinated by it?
1: Yeah, weirdly. I, I, I remember being a kid and just like, I'd go outside and I'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But i come, you know, inside, watch TV, listen to the radio. I felt alive. Right. I just like, I, so many people have so many things to say about television rotting your brain. And I think the flip side of what people don't see is that, it, for a lot of kids, especially in smaller towns and in areas where they don't have exposures to different types of people, it's a, it's a, it's a break from mm-hmm. your homogenous environment where you actually learn a lot. And I learned a ton watching TV and I would pay attention to scripts and character development. And I learned a lot of jokes and comedic timing from watching people on TV. Yeah. And I like, I learned, I mean, I didn't know what, like I remember watching the real world and like trying to like tell my mom about like what alcoholism was because of Ruthie on the real world Hawaii and she was like, "I know what it is. like oh you're, my God so you, like, like
0: you've been this is you've been into this for a while. This is not anything new. like you have been
1: oh no, no I, I I really like I really um, yeah, just have kind of been a sponge my whole life of this the just pop culture news and it's not even the gossipy parts I right. just I don't know I, oh it's back I, I find it. Yeah, I guess I just find human interest stuff interesting. Yeah, I'm and
0: so what's what are your favorite reality shows? Like, what are the ones – I mean, I'm sure you like a ton of them, but what are your all-time favorites?
1: I think lately um, I – it's funny. My engagement wavers. So all times tricky. Like, right now my, my peak engagement is with Below Deck Med. Yes. I think it's outstanding. I slept on Below Deck for years. I was like, what is this show? I have no Same. interest. I had and no that- interest. Yeah, and it's it's truly fantastic television, and it's a great authentic formula, Mm -hmm. and I I love it. And beyond that, I think on Bravo, the strongest shows are um, Vanderpump Rules and Southern Charm. Southern Charm, you you know, it's been rough recently, but like there, it's the first two seasons are incomparable in terms of like inherent group drama. Right. And um, I'm a big Housewives fan, mostly in New York and uh, Beverly Hills. I'm a Bachelor fan, but more paradise than the regular well because <laughs> paradise
0: is just a fucking shit show and i love it
1: <laughs> yeah exactly and so i guess yeah i'm mostly bravo to be honest right. bravo and an occasional network show here and there so in terms of Blowdeck, i'm
0: obsessed but like like you i was not into it at first is it just me or do you also have the biggest crush on chef ben
1: oh my gosh i can't stand him
0: really oh my god i want to talk about this why don't you like him
1: his voice <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could see how, but you don't think he's adorable? No, he, he like does this thing where he talks from his throat, and I, I'm just like, D- use your diaphragm, bro! Like, breathe in. Breathe see, I out. just like, it's think so he's throaty.
0: So who who would be like your male crush on that show? I,
1: you know, I don't actually have one. I, okay. If any, if I ever liked anybody, it would have been the um, what was his name? The chef. Oh, on the first season of below deck med where he liked Malia.
0: Yep. 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 I, um, Oh my God. I just rewatched all this too. I can't think of it. Mean, I know who you're talking about though, but that's okay. So that yeah. would,
1: he, he was, you know, if, if there was going to be a character I liked, but I, I'm not into wow. I mean, no. I love Colin, but I'm not like, damn. You're not Colin. like, Oh, I want to do um, Colin. What
0: about, <laughs> um, I mean, girl, why I'm like obsessed with Kate. Is that, or are you more Hannah? Like who's your, I I'm,
1: I, that's tough to say. I feel like they're, I mean, I like them both. I think they are good for different reasons. I think they're both kind of phoning, phoning it in at this point. <laughs> yes. Cause like, I, I feel like, you know, I, like I think Aisha is the best thing to happen to yes. reality television in years. Like that girl is a character. She belongs on TV. Her and Jack, I'm obsessed with oh their relationship. God. I actually am kind of attracted to Jack. I think he's like sensitive. I, no, um,
0: I agree. I think they're the best relationship ever. And when he asked her to be his girlfriend, I just like want to eat them up.
1: Oh, I know that was adorable, and she received it well. Like mm-hmm. a lot of girls, I don't, I think would have been a little uncomfortable by that. But um, yeah, I, I think that as the far as the men go, the men so often are like unappealing on the show right. and are like on power trips on deck. Like even Ashton, the guy who almost got his foot severed yes. on the regular below deck. Yes. Like, a lot of people liked him, but he wasn't my jam. Either. No, not my know. jam at
0: all. I don't know why I have a soft spot for Chef Ben, but I, but I bet, it's, I bet a lot of people are like you, where they like can't stand him because that's kind of what it is. You like love or hate, sort of. <laughs> yeah, but I love, and, and then like,
1: I think good at his job yeah it's just the voice for me honestly <laughs> <laughs>
0: we'll put like a muzzle on him and terms of bachelor so I'm obsessed with all bachelor bachelorette bachelor in paradise bachelor in paradise is probably my favorite what are your thoughts on the couple okay let's start with Hannah and Dylan do you like them or hate them
1: so I spent the entire beginning I mean the majority of the show thinking that she didn't really want to be with him
0: hmm yep same. and
1: at the end, all of a sudden, they're like, we're so happy, we're in love, we're engaged, and I was kind of like, I, I have trouble releasing from my brain that she he was kind of her second choice because she went there more interested in Blake. I mean, thank God she didn't ultimately go for that, right. but I mean, they're really cute, and and I think if she actually is into it, I'm on board. I was just concerned, and there was like a lot of memes about her looking utterly disinterested hugging yep. him.
0: I know, I know. Because at the beginning, she wasn't into it. It's like, and he looks so pathetic almost, but adorable, but pathetic. So now I'm like, I don't know.
1: I I think they're adorable. And I think when you don't know somebody, do you you only judge them based on how they respond to you? And when somebody's so into you, it can like kind of gross you out if you're not into them. Mm -hmm. But I think once you get to know them, it stops being the only thing you're using you know to get an impression from them so I can see how that evolves over time but yeah it was kind of sad at the beginning and obviously like she was obviously going to be like you know the most coveted of course uh, contestant she's like a living doll I mean precious moment perfect
0: and now they're in Paris and I just like they're kind of like adorable I kind of love them now I mean hopefully it works so what do you feel about Chris and Katie
1: I have, like, weird – I don't really have many thoughts on them.
0: Yeah. Are you kind of indifferent? That, like, you just don't really care? Like, you're just – Yeah,
1: yeah. I don't think they're a love story for the ages. Same. They, They don't They don't enrage me by any means. Like, you know, good for them. But I think to – just, I've spent so many years watching Chris on TV that mm-hmm. I think I'm just, you know, the wearouts there. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, he's been on it, you know, like, seven seasons. Did you notice? I'm sure because it was all over the internet. Every time they, like, put his title, it was something different. <laughs> And the, um, the no, show. No, I actually did it. Oh my God, you have to look at that. Call. Every time, the first one was like listing all the seasons he was on, then the other one was like, Hope hoping to find the right one. I assume like the ABC interns did this or something, but it was hysterical. And like each title, there are a bunch of memes on Twitter. I think each title, each um episode was like hoping this is the one, hoping this is my last time, almost retired. Like it was my favorite part of his. Oh story. my god, I love it. It was that. amazing. I, totally I just feel like it. on after not after the final rose, whatever that after show is. I feel like it was a little uncomfortable for me. I mean, I've gone to couples therapy. Therapy, I'm all about it. But they were, like, in a couples therapy session with Chris Harrison as a therapist live on TV, right? Like,
1: Oh, I, I missed that. Oh.
0: You'll have to go back and watch. It was very interesting. So, they're, okay, what about – are there any couples you, like, adore from the show?
1: I mean, I think Demi and Christian was an important yes. and really delayed step for the Bachelor franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, I think De- Demi was so redeemed. I just was so not interested in her. I thought she was just such a pot yep. and you know, a literal, like not there for the right reasons type on her regular season, but on Paradise, she was so charming and open and vulnerable. And, um, I love that, you know, obviously I think Derek, uh, is it Derek Peth? Oh, I like him. Handsome and sweet and like such a catch. And, uh, I love that she like followed her heart and I I thought it was like a really great depiction of a same sex couple that they could have made into something a lot Less pure, but they chose to frame it correctly. I think.
0: Yes, that's such a good way to put it. You're so right. I love, I love, love, love them. I feel like I, I mean, I get invested in these people as if they're my friends, but they don't know me.
1: <laughs> right, hundred percent. Like, do you I get? Know, star- I'm also on that influencer <laughs> trip to Paris with Taisha.
0: Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Do you get starstruck from these like pop culture? Co- like, if you were to see one of them out, do you really get starstruck, or you don't? Not starstruck, but are you excited, or it's no big deal for you, or? I.
1: I think I don't see people that often, but when I do, my approach is very much like uh, hang back, wait in the wings. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not a person that like really freaks out because I don't know. I just like, I'm not a woo girl. Like I don't really like cheer. I'm not very loud. Like, you know, I I just kind of like a low key person and um, I'll be like really excited on the inside, but sometimes I worry I'm like over, over compensating like trying to be cool and I seem disinterested (laughs) but (laughs) I'm really not but like my uh a girl I work with Courtney she and I went like out to LA and obviously we had went to like Tom Tom and and uh sir and they were filming and She and I were sitting there like just staring at like Tom and Ariana bartend with such intention. We were just like so happy to be in in the machine and we were analyzing every every boom mic and whatever to the point where the cameras actively moved away from us and had the girls in front of us (laughs) sign a waiver. (laughs) And they were like taking shots and we're like, oh, my God, we're like such boring TV because we just like, I don't know. We were we didn't know what to do. We were like, we're here. We're in the thing. (laughs)
0: Right. Right. Oh, my God. That's crazy. The cameras like actually moved away from you. (laughs)
1: yes like we watched
0: them it was hilarious that's amazing um so in terms of going from reality stars to influencers I know this is a, a topic you talk on. I think yesterday you posted something I was like peeing in my pants what so the you're you're killing me now with those posts about the hol- not Halloween the fall foliage with the with the latte in the back of the truck <laughs> oh my gosh
1: it's to me it's yeah it tries to be insane it's like so- it's misleading people about the realities of fall festivities because right. that guy is Photoshopping <laughs> the leaves to be turned in early September.
0: Yeah. There are no leaves that are turning yet. Right. Like that's not happening yet. So.
1: <laughs> no. And I just can't imagine how many people are like going on a hayride or to a pumpkin patch and like wearing a full flannel denim <laughs> cognac boot. And they are like so excited for their cozy photos, but it's 85 degrees and right. there's not a colored leaf in sight. And they're beautiful to look at, but it's a different form of like, I call it, um, it's like autumnal porn. It's like, that's how we, that's like this what we want it to look like, but it never does. Never,
0: ever, ever, ever.
1: (laughs) So have, have you ever
0: gotten flack? Like if you have, has an influencer ever reached out to you or been offended or like said something you were, or, or just have you ever gotten backlash in that regard in terms of influencers?
1: So typically I'm very careful with influencers and I don't like, I won't make fun of bloggers directly. Mm -hmm. I, because I actually think that influence like the, the, you know, trade of being an influencer is kind of overly trivialized and people are hard on it because it's new and it lacks a blueprint, but just because it's new doesn't mean it's wrong. And just because it's surface doesn't mean it doesn't have some sort of meaning in terms of how it affects the rest of the world. It's a different Mm -hmm. form of entertainment. And, you know, I, I spend less time in TV and digital video probably because I'm on these sites right. in, invested in these people's lives. And I um, I don't really have interest in like burning bridges with bloggers. No. What I have interest in doing is calling out like obviously misleading behavior of selling stuff you, that you're not using, of selling stuff that's yes. dangerous and like a Fit Tea type product, of overly Photoshopping your body like, like crazy. Yeah. I have... Like, I have behaviors I will isolate and I will like screenshot, but I'll usually block out who it is like, right. or this guy that like does the foliage. I, mm-hmm. you know, he's huge. And like, I don't really care. I mean, I'm honestly just pointing out that the world doesn't look that right. You know, lush. With, right. Uh, Well, But the only so yeah, I I really believe there's a fine line between being snark and being mean spirited Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. I have no interest in ever being mean but I usually have a point to what I'm showing and the only time somebody's ever reached out to me is I did a three part series on Mormon mommy bloggers. Mm-hmm. And it was like so six hours of content. It was so much. I like I, it. It took on a life of its own. But it was just something I was interested right. in, and I was just kind of curious, like asking myself the question of like it's it, it's an interesting coincidence that so many of these wealthy women that are under 25. Mm. They're gorgeous. They're loaded. They have like four kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, uh, their houses are these new construction yeah. mansions. I'm like, what's going on? And when you realize they're all from the same church community, it's interesting. Yeah. And Rachel Parcell, who is like probably yes. the biggest. Oh yeah. From that community. She DM'd me and I nearly had a heart attack. It DM'd in a negative but, way. Yeah. Oh. Because I talked about her at length on the right. podcast, but it actually, it was less about, um, anything mean about her family. I, you know, families, kids, all that stuff off limits and more so just like your butler's pantry is nicer than like any place I could imagine vacationing. And it's your second kitchen. Right. Like, right. Just, exactly. Like what you should, the, And like they, they really lay out all their home builds and they swipe up to their faucets that right. are like six grand. <laughs> and I, I, it's just like, It's so unrelatable, A, and B, I think there's such a fine line between sharing and showing off, Mm -hmm. and sometimes the needless displays of wealth are what I feel comfortable snarking at, because I'm like, you need to step out of your world and realize like all this stuff, the price points and the stuff you're sharing, like most people don't live like this. And right. this is why you're, you're losing us. Oh,
0: exactly. Like you said, there's a fine line. Like there's some, I'm not going to name the names, but there are some, a couple bloggers in New York that are huge based in New York city. And they're huge, huge. They've blown up doing great, but they've been, it's the arrogance is, and I don't know if they're trying to be arrogant, but when you're showing your shoe wall and every shoe is Chanel, I mean, things that people, I, it must, how does that like I, I just feel like that must feel so on some of that can't afford any of that like how do you follow that and feel good about yourself like it I don't know there's a fine line
1: I completely agree and it's one of those things where I have no problem or judgment about how you live and if that's your reality right. you're true totally like, that's great you're successful I just think that there's a there is a level of responsibility on the influencer to be mindful of their, their demographic and how they live and what matters to them. And, like, how, what content can you share that the person will walk away a smidge better off? How can mm-hmm. you add value? Mm-hmm. Adding value is just not showing all the stuff you have. Right. And when people complain about the algorithm and disengagement, I'm like, yeah, but also, I think that there's, uh, you know, when all of these eyeballs, all these people yeah. that have been here this whole time are the ones that got you famous enough to afford all that stuff. And then you're using this new lifestyle to detach yourself from us. Of course, people are going to start to. Of
0: course. People, you're, yeah, you're going to, people are going to unfollow or, or disengage. And, and Anna, I mean, look, I, I shop, I spent, we, you know, whatever, but, but there is a level they're promoting this, like, and I'm not about to get in this whole topic. I'm not like mother Teresa, but there is, they're promoting consumerism and, and buying from these big, you know, big stores. And des- I mean, there's just a lot of like unethical things going on that I, and look, I, a lot of, some of my best friends are influencers or whatever you want to call them, but there is a, a bit like, if, like you said, if they're using a product and there's a hashtag ad By it, but they're not actually using the product, that that's really shitty. Like that's not okay.
1: Yeah, uh, exactly. And I think, you know, it's just about balance. And I think it's about, you know, if, if if content is the you know, your content you share daily in your stories or whatever is the lens everybody sees you through, and that's your wellspring, your primary revenue stream you got to step back and look mm-hmm. at it and think about, you know, how can I balance this? How, how can I be true to myself? But I, it, when it's your business, there is an element of strategy that should be involved. Right. Honestly. Um, I'm not an influencer by trade. I don't sell stuff on Instagram. Right. Like I have podcast sponsors and that's already uncomfortable. Enough oh my God. It's me. so awkward. And- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's like, I don't want to be a hypocrite. And I feel like the reason I talk about it so much is because. I kind of have one foot in and one foot out. Like because I have a digital presence in a podcast, I get why pe- I really understand why most people do what they do that a lot of people hate. Yeah. Like I, and I think people are way too hard on influencers in a lot of senses, but I also think that like, it's important to like push back where it's necessary, mm-hmm. but not to just like, snark on people just for the hell of it like of that drives course. me crazy you don't need to make fun of everything someone no. does no I
0: and look more power to the blogger or the influencer that can just do try-on sessions in their mirror and bring in millions of dollars go that like good for you like I wish I could just do that <laughs> you know like more power to <laughs> them
1: <laughs> dressing room try-ons
0: though I'm like you didn't even buy that Why should I, I? that kills me <laughs> or if they try it on and then return it like yes that whole thing but there are people that literally use like to know it and just stand in front of a mirror and try on clothes and they are making twenty five times what, you know, the average person might be making.
1: <laughs> oh, truly. I, I am like I didn't really understand it till I dabbled in affiliate links. Mm-hmm. And it's it is so in it's actually fascinating data to look at in terms of conversion, oh, yeah. in terms of what people care about. And also you have to buy in session for the person to get credit, like within a very quick yep. time frame that I would be adding more to my cart. Right. And um but even so I don't know it's wild how much money people can make doing that it is I don't really I so rarely buy from a swipe up oh yeah I
0: I don't think I ever have but it's like fascinating to me that how it works and you know and actually I think you mentioned her yesterday maybe it was two days ago things I bought and liked okay she's doing she's rocking it I mean she posts an item and people go crazy over I mean good for her right
1: Tybo is a
0: genius I I, I know I love how people (laughs) think well they think that's her last name they think your name's Beth, right? Beth. Beth. <laughs>
1: Beth. Aaron. Fudd. Hey,
0: Beth. Um, so Tybal called you out yesterday.
1: Yes, that was so funny. Like I noticed back in May, she followed me, and I was like patting myself on the back because, like, it it almost became a running joke because she's so selective
0: mm-hmm.
1: about what she shares, and she like moves product, and I have friends that she's tagged and she like moves followers. Right. And, um, I was like honored that she liked my content. Right. I bragged about her following me to a friend. They're like, uh, I just look, no, she doesn't. I was like, (laughs) what? And so the past few months I knew she like unfollowed me. And then, yeah, the other day I like brought her up again and jokingly, like, I was like, yeah, she unfollowed me, but I'm working really hard to gain her trust back. And I tagged her I figured she'd have a sense of humor about it, but she was so cool. And she was like, oh, my God. And what turned out is that she has my book and, like, reads it to her kid every night and didn't put it together that it was me. That's amazing. um, she unfollowed me because of my excess of Taylor Swift content, which I (laughs) respect and understand. And now that we're out of the album cycle of the launch, we're good. But um yeah it was kind of funny and she was so cool about it and then she tagged me and that was really nice of her and in retrospect I was like I should have actually not told people that we didn't have some feud because that would have been way more interesting. Right
0: right that's so funny. And did you notice your followers increase because of her?
1: Oh yeah for sure. It's I probably I was at dinner and I like looked at my, I hadn't looked at my phone in maybe an hour and a half when she posted about me. And I think I already had like a thousand followers. Isn't that insane? Like the power
0: of influence, like she, people trust her word because they've, they bought her products and they, they actually are good products that she's promoting. So when she promotes a person, they're obviously going to trust her. I mean, it's amazing. It's awesome. Good for her.
1: It's, and it's so interesting for somebody for me to like pick up on these things especially like I'm a, I'm I don't have a huge Instagram presence by any means but so I notice when a lot right. of people come over Same. and I pay attention to who's driving it and I've had people with over a million followers tag me and like 30 people will follow me mm-hmm. and I've had people with 50,000 tag me and 600 will mm-hmm. and isn't that crazy it's such an interesting proxy for yeah like who, yeah, who people trust, how they drive conversion. And like, I don't know. I, I just, I, I think that there's a lot of old school, like, you know, people that got on Instagram early, people that have in, like all the, you know, meme accounts and stuff that just mm-hmm. have these insane followings. Yep. But now people are very, like, I feel like the people are way more selective than they used to be about who they follow on Instagram. Oh, it's a
0: lot harder to get them. A hundred percent. And it's funny how you said, like, I've had a, a like you, just said a large account tag me. I think I gained like not even thirty. I think I gained maybe five followers, and then I have a an account with maybe six thousand followers. But their following is so engaged that I gained like hundreds. I mean, it's crazy, crazy how that works.
1: It's totally, and it speaks to the importance of micro influence. And mm-hmm. the joke is, micro influence is under a hundred thousand followers which right. is so insane. <laughs> and like, I even. I cannot imagine like, and I'll hear people with hundreds of thousands of followers, like lament at, you know, they're not growing or this and that. And like, mine being in like the, you know, high 30s, I feel like I interact with so many people and I feel close to so many people through it. And I feel like it's such a community and I'm peanuts comparable to a lot of people. And I just can't even imagine at a certain level what that's like. And I don't even know if it's desirable right. because your DMS must be clogged. People, you probably get way more hate. Oh yeah. I'd be oh, yeah. so nervous to post. Like I kind of like, um, where I'm at but, in right. the sense of keeping it, keeping it tight. You right. Know?
0: It's almost like an exclusive club.
1: <laughs> you like it. Like, yeah, right. because it's true. I mean, public exclusive. It's good. But I do,
0: I have friends that have only under 10,000 followers and their engagement, like they still get multiple thousand, like thousands of um what am i trying views on stories i mean it's it's fascinating to me because you just oh, story views yeah, yeah. Oh, the that's the real story views, <laughs> yeah 100% right um wait i feel like i can't talk about influencers without mentioning this next one although i have very mixed feelings on it so i don't know how deep i want to go do you have anything to say about the caroline Co- i don't even know if i'm saying it right callaway like i feel so sad about her dad but i i have so many thoughts uh, do you have anything like have you been following
1: I st- I like tried to get up to speed when she started to tease that that article was coming out and I'd always been vaguely aware of her but never followed and I the I have when like big things happen that are kind of layered with specific people if I haven't followed them for years you know how it's kind of hard to like you know really wrap your head around like who they are and what they're about yes. um so like I have thoughts about this situation in isolation, but I don't know a ton about her. Right. I, 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 honestly, at first, prior to her dad passing away and stuff, I really thought her and Natalie were in on it together. Mm-hmm. I think she she backed out of a three hundred seventy five thousand dollar advance book deal with a big four publisher, and she owes them money for not ultimately doing the book. She needs a hook. She needs something to talk about, mm-hmm. and getting a bo- writing a book about you being canceled is a book somebody would publish and but before she the article came out she was like this morning I sit here and reminisce about the days that I'm experiencing now because I'm about to get canceled and I'm just like what are you talking about right that's nobody wants that it's not desirable and I thought she was really looking forward to and um like kind of the negative backlash and the way she talked about her friend was so favorable and I don't know. The whole thing was very weird and it almost just seemed like very strategic in terms yes. of her needing material, to be
0: honest. Right. I know that's the thing. It just seemed weird to me that I felt so terrible about her dad and the timing of it all. But then I just felt like she still post. I, like, I don't know actually what to make of it, but I didn't know if that was one of like you're not like I, I guess you like you said, you don't know the whole thing. So you're not really focused on it.
1: I, oh, I honestly, I was super focused yeah. on it, but I did, di- I dipped out when her father passed away because yeah. I felt like it got sad and I felt like people were giving her their two cents about how to grieve. And I was like, this is where I draw right. lines with social media. Like this isn't a spectator sport anymore. This is somebody's life when they're choosing to invite you in. And you know, it's, it's my business when somebody ma- makes it my business, right? right. <laughs> but <laughs> To a point, I'm like I don't know. Some things I I do feel like should be held a little bit sacred, and um, I just yeah I didn't know how to feel, and then you don't want to contribute to somebody's spiral. Right. But I think she's fine. She seems okay. Oh, she seems
0: fine. I just, but I it's just it's so interesting. Just the whole thing is very interesting to me. I don't know how else to describe it. Really. It's it's yeah an interesting
1: one. What do you think of the What do you think of the article? The article. I mean, I.
0: I felt like at, I didn't at first think that they were in cahoots to, you know, it, that this was something they were planning her and Nicole or not Nicole, Nat, Natalie, is it Natalie? Mm. N- Nicole, one of the, I whatever. Think. I I didn't think they were. But then as I read more and I then I, I didn't know much about her aside from that little like someone called her out as being like the fire fest of like influencer um, events because she did that whole thing so I started reading up on her and then I'm like this is all just strange and then I started thinking okay maybe they're in on this together and they're trying to do a movie and not a book and then she wrote about how people were passing her her story around to like production companies and I'm like oh my god is this gonna be a movie so I just don't know like I don't I don't know enough about her like you said I don't know enough about her to know if I like trust everything I'm reading I just don't know like I don't I can't and- and, and then, articulate it.
1: Well, and then reading that article, I'm like, it, it was weird because that article, it was very well written. I really felt for Natalie's character. I feel like we've all had toxic friendships like a Caroline where somebody just has so much more power mm-hmm. in the relationship. And you don't necessarily have the wherewithal to be like, I'm better than this because it's fitting in as your priority mm-hmm. over your own self-respect at a certain age and level of maturity. And like, I thought there was a lot of interesting um, themes to explore within that article uh, and I and I thought she was such a good writer, but it also was like, oh, so basically, uh, now we know we shouldn't trust her. Right. Right. Like, exactly. So that's when I was like, so that's all BS. So then it was this confusing thing where I was like, this was such a great confessional article. But now I'm more confused than ever because I want to trust the writer. Right. I don't trust Caroline. She, but she was like, everything in the article is true. My friend Natalie's a brilliant writer, and I was like, what?
0: Right, I know it's so I, exactly. Much. But yet I still look at her Instagram. I don't even know if I follow her, but like when I go to, um, like sometimes I'll just look at her thing. And she, I mean, she posts a shit ton each day. I mean, I can't. It's like almost too much to read and take in. But I still like check in because I I find it fascinating. <laughs>
1: Oh, for sure. And, and like, she's now people can pay to be on her close friends on Instagram stories. I think, like, it's funny because what we were talking about earlier, she's, like, a different form of a creative that I Mm -hmm. think is, like, trying to string together, you know, various income streams. But they're all, like, you know, you need something. You need to do something that's rooted in something that's, like, a little bit more guaranteed and traditional. And I think everything she's doing is, like, very – volatile and dependent on her following and she's like doing a little painting a little writing a right. little this and that and like you know workshops whatever and that is disjointed and that's yes. what you don't want to come across as exactly
0: exactly I know it's so I feel like that could be a whole episode in itself um so tell me like you've obviously grown a lot it or it seems by the way my again my friend Marla Marla Murphy she's like you you and Kate have got to follow each other she's so excited about this podcast episode because she's the one that turned me on to you she She's like, she's oh in your gosh, private, I love that. yeah, she's in your private Facebook group. Anyway, so, um, so you've been growing a lot or so it seems from when I started following you, like you've grown a lot, how, like what advice would you, and I don't know if you have advice cause it, you're just being yourself, you're authentic, but what advice would you have for someone who's trying to make something of themselves from this like crazy Instagram world? Maybe they're starting a podcast or a blog. Like what would your advice be to stick out? It's a very saturated market, podcasting, blogging, all of that, as we know.
1: Oh, it it is. And I, but I also would never tell somebody that there's not room for Mm -hmm. everyone. I, I just think just as with anything, like nobody is you, like there's always something you can be bringing to the table and the, 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 the saturation and competition of it all is I think what gets to in people's heads. And the thing you have to do is like, it's going to be months, if not years, if not several years before you gain traction. But you can't do it to gain popularity you have to do it because you genuinely like sharing and whatever it is that naturally comes out of you like you know it would have made made more sense for me to talk about like small biz advice and just be more like a serious girl boss account like yeah maybe it didn't make sense that i was like building housewives diagrams on like you know and i'm like a rug maker right but it, uh you know over time it's just like y- y- if it's if the common denominator is there are things you like it's going to make sense and it's going to come across because you know people always cliche talk about authenticity and I think what they mean is like your content's good and you're when you're putting genuine effort into it and you'll only do that when you like it correct and when you're trying to be some not trying to be something you're not and I so I think that the, you know that the sincerity is one piece, but also like putting in the work and just realizing it's going to take a long time. And that it's a lot of tiny moments that, you know, eventually build up into something much greater than you could plan. Mm-hmm. And I think that when you're too hung up on, like, I don't have followers, I'm losing followers, or I don't have listeners or this mm-hmm. or that, like, it, it, unless you have a huge existing platform, you ju- the reality is you build and yep. things build slowly. And with podcasts, I didn't have enough listeners to get like ad revenue to probably a solid year in of, of podcasting yeah. every single week, yep. like over 50 podcasts, mm-hmm. like talking into the abyss. And everyone I know who starts a podcast gives up after like 10 yep. episodes. Yep.
0: Cause it's hard because there are a lot. Podcasting is huge now, but I, it's one of the, like the, my, my, when anyone asks me, not that I'm saying I'm growing so bad, but if I am asked, like, what do you think about the industry? I, the, what I say is that you can't start it to make a buck, you have to start it because you're passionate about it, or it will never work. I I think it just won't. I mean, unless you you have to be passionate about what you're doing, you can't just because all the other bloggers are doing X, Y, and Z. I'm going to do it. If it's not authentic to you, I think people see through that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I I and I think people shouldn't um you know worry too much about niche or shtick because I think sometimes people try to combat the saturation by carving out a space for themselves that's too narrow or not even really what they want to be doing like if you don't have a pop culture podcast that's fine because what's different about it is that it's your voice
0: right exactly so
1: it's it doesn't I think that everyone's like, oh, well, if you're going to podcast, make sure it's niche." And I'm like, right. I actually kind of disagree because I think everybody can I, I, like I I always think innovation on stale categories is is just as important as as new. I love that. In in product and in content. And yes. um like I'm so bored with like the e-news format. And mm-hmm. I think even though I'm not a journalist, you know, people are now we're in this era where we do like a more editorialized style that of proper news company can't really take on the liability of.
0: Right. Exactly. No, I completely agree. When I first started my podcast, I was like a a few episodes in, I'm like, I'm not niche enough. I'm not focused enough. And then someone said to me, they're like, but you are, your focus is that you're having unfiltered conversations with an array of different people. And I was like, you're right. I don't have to have just a niche. Like I don't have to just talk about one thing.
1: You, your pot Well, A, your podcast is a fantastic name and B, you have a That's, great voice.
0: Oh, thank you. You have a great voice. We have good voices. No, <laughs> no <laughs>
1: we're I'm the kidding. best. We're the best
0: ever. Um, so what advice would you give to your younger self?
1: I think as it relates to like life, I would tell myself like you don't have to be having the time of your life when everyone else is. Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, I kind of hate when people say this about themselves because I think it's like a weird self, like a weird flex, but I do feel like I'm an older soul. I used to like write poems in the dark as a kid. Like I'm just not like a lot of times when I was in high school and college and at frat parties and playing beer pong and like everybody was just like college, I never wanted to end. Mm -hmm. Like I was just like, oh, like I can't wait to like be in the real world. And then I just had a lot of issues, you know, like I, I was just so I had such like confidence issues and, you know, ha- dealt with depression in college and stuff. And I just, yeah. I didn't realize, and I, and so much of it was like, why am I not having as much fun as everyone else? Like, this is apparently the best time of my life. And how daunting is it to have people tell you like, this is the time of your life. This is the best. And I'm like, well, geez, what's the rest of it going to be like? Right. If I, just don't identify with this. And I just, I don't know. I I just never felt like myself. And then when I got to the real world and everybody lamented their college days, I came to life and I didn't realize that my strengths lent themselves much better to the real world than they ever did. And, you know, uh, an environment that was more like party fun, social centric. And I just wish that I wasn't so hard on myself or like trying to be somebody I wasn't back then, because like, you know, I went to a big school with like, it was a big football school mm-hmm. and like, everyone was just like tailgating, freaking out about games. And like, I was leaving after the first quarter and I was like, uh, this, like, <laughs> what's wrong with me? And right. then uh, I, like I moved to New York after college, and I was like, "Oh, like this is my football game." Like, yes. the, like I, I loved being in a city. I loved being on my own. I loved making money. I loved having more mature conversations over bottles of wine and not being at frat parties. Yes. Like, you exactly. know, I just, I think sometimes it takes you a while to. Not every phase of your life is lends itself to your strengths, and you just have to you know, do what you want and not worry about
0: it. I love that. And not every phase of your life has to be what you think it needs to be. Like now my husband and I've been married about a little over five years now. And like, we don't have kids. We don't even know if we want kids, but the majority, like 95% of our friends have kids and are, you know, in this very different stage. And, and some of them have even said, well, you, I just had kids. Cause that's like what you do, but like, it doesn't have to be what you do. Like, I, I think it, you know, that maybe isn't, I don't know. I feel like it's a similar thing. A
1: hundred percent. I think about that often. Like how yeah you kind of just assume like that's the trajectory mm-hmm. you get married you have kids etc and then you get to like baby making age and I'm like ooh, like right <laughs> right all of a sudden I'm like this. I don't know I don't know I don't know if this is for me but like you have to make a decision a snap decision kind of based on your age and yeah like, I it's it's I feel like now in my 30s it's a whole different uh experience too of of being like I'm just hitting my stride. I feel so not maternal yet. I'm faced with having to kind of figure that piece out. And like, yeah, it's every, every phase of life is marked with its struggles. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like in my thirties, I'm just a lot more uncompromising about how I feel. And I, don't make excuses for how I feel. And I also don't let somebody else tell me how I should feel about my own experience.
0: I love that. I couldn't agree more. Exactly. Yeah. No. Oh, I love that. Advice. This is good. Um, okay. Now the last like little part of my podcast, I do my little quick fire round of like random questions. So first thing that comes to mind, you're going to, I think you're really going to like these questions cause you're, you, you're fun. Um, so first thing that comes to mind, <laughs> don't overthink it. Okay. Um, if someone, if someone were to play you in a movie, who would it be?
1: Oh, not because of my face or build, but just because of my hair, maybe Blake Lively. Oh my
0: Do people ever tell you guys resemble each other?
1: One time. <laughs> no, because I'm looking in, like your
0: face is on my Skype. This is creepy. I'm like looking at your face on my Skype thing, but you definitely have your profile.
1: I have like long, messy blonde hair. I don't think our faces are similar at all, but like like we could be mistaken for each other from behind probably, Right. she's like tall. And so am I. Um, but yeah, at one time I, when I was studying abroad in college, um, a paparazzo took a photo <gasps> of me and put it on a French website and said, and I couldn't understand it. All it said was gossip girl. Oh, and I think he thought I was her.
0: <laughs> that is the greatest thing ever. That's like your, that should be your claim to fame. That's awesome.
1: <laughs> I know. I know. That's it was pretty awesome. amazing. Um, and what
0: would the movie be about?
1: Oh that's mm. a good question. Mm. I feel like it would maybe be like have you ever seen Ingrid goes west?
0: No, but I should.
1: Um it I feel like it, it's it will it's kind of a creepy movie with Aubrey Plaza about her being obsessed with this like blogger. Mm. Um and the, the blogger's like horrible and whatever. But anyways, I feel like there's not enough movies that are like about modern digital topics. Yeah. And a lot of what we're experiencing is hilarious. And (laughs) like my book is called Twinkle, Twinkle Social Media Star. And I feel like it would be the adaptation of Twinkle, Twinkle Social Media Star and just what it's like utterly failing at a business that like you want to be in, but like also everybody thinks is stupid. So like even your biggest goal is something everyone's going to make fun of. It's an interesting place to be.
0: (laughs) I love that. I think that movie should come to be. I like, I would go see it. (laughs) Um, if you could have drinks with anyone living or dead, who would it be?
1: Oh gosh. I, so often when other people get asked this, I'm like, I need to like develop answers for these things. (laughs) If I, you know, should I get asked them? Um, I mean, I feel like, excluding family members yeah i would probably oh god this is so hard because like my aunt my instinct is to be like pretty shallow go and for it like i i just want to like i would honestly this is such a basic answer but i would love to sit down with taylor swift mm-hmm. and have like an actual conversation about like what comp, like what components of your career are marketing strategy versus authentic? Like, yeah. how do you decide how much to share of your relationships? Like what, when are you calling the paparazzi? When are you not? You hid for two years, but now all of a sudden you're getting like caught outside of, right. you know, the nice guy. Like, how does that work? Like that I, I want to talk about her songwriting process. Yeah. I want to talk about what it's like to have immense fame, you keep your head on straight. And like, I, I think there's so many interesting aspects of when like a just talking to a person that can kind of separate themselves from their experience and like what is that like being utterly worshiped because yep. I don't know every, the exception of a few people that are really into themselves I would assume we all think we're kind of lame and like if somebody was right. worshiping me I'd be like I'm not that great right so it's fine. <laughs> right right no you're actually the first in 53
0: episodes you are the first to say Taylor Swift so hey there's that.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, I should be saying like Malala, let's be honest, but I like, was <laughs> like, uh, like, like, let's thing shake it off. I you love know, it. I, I love my, it. My intentions with T-Swift are, are more about marketing yes. because that's the business I'm in. And I just think that whatever she's done to main, like achieve and maintain this level of, of, of stardom stardom, yes. it's unprecedented and it's fascinating. And she writes all of her own stuff and Think it's impressive. Yeah,
0: no, I think it'd be a great conversation. Count me in. Um, okay, if there was an airplane outside where you are right now, where would you have it take you?
1: I would go um to a place called Verena. It's in Italy. It's where I got married and it's my favorite place in the whole world. Oh, and if you could only bring three things, not
0: including animals, people, what would the item the three items be?
1: Uh oh. My phone. (laughs) Yeah, everyone has said that. Yeah. (laughs) Um, a hair tie Uh huh. I like it <laughs> and um I'm like what am I what am I doing three things my phone would entertain me I get annoyed when my hair is in my face yep. um and then like this is like I don't know I'm like drawing a blank like why I'm like a corkscrew <laughs> it's so funny actually it's a great idea <laughs> One of the
0: ones I got, which was one of my favorite answers was from Heather, not surprisingly, Heather McMahon, which I know you had on your podcast and we both love her. She said she would bring a charcuterie board. I was like, that's a great idea with like meat and cheese.
1: Oh yeah! I mean, anything I can bring where it's pre-assembled into multiple items in one. Right, is a huge. Part. I was cocked, yeah. Whenever um, people were like on Survivor and stuff, and they could bring like one item. Yeah, I'm like, why aren't you bringing like matches? Like, right, why are you rubbing sticks.
0: Right, exactly. Um. Okay, love it. What about Celebrity Crush? Do you have one?
1: John
0: Krasinski. Oh God, did you see? Um, or not? Did you see? Are you watching? Um, what the fuck is it? Why did I just go blank on his big show right now? Um, uh, he
1: has a show. No, the, oh, um, ja- oh, oh, Jack Ryan. Jack Ryan.
0: Oh my God, I just binge watched. Have you seen it?
1: No, uh, I actually haven't watched it.
0: He's such a different. He's like not funny in it. Like, which I love. Like, he has this different way in it that I'm like obsessed with, and he has like little funny remarks, but it's like a serious show. Oh, it's so good. So good.
1: I like, I, my type, my type of guy is like good looking and like handsome in their own right, like riddled with personality, but not the type of like good looking that you're concerned about everywhere they go.
0: Yes. That they're going to be hit on.
1: Yeah. Like there's a type of good looks that are, it's just too much. It's alarming. It's like. You know, I, I don't, I'm like not even attracted to Chris Pine, but I feel like yeah. he has this like type of movie star look with these like crazy eyes yep. that like, you just don't see everywhere. And if I was married to somebody that was like kind of this movie star type of handsome, I, even though I am secure, I'd still be like that. You're going to get a lot of attention. Oh
0: yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, I'm secure to a point.
1: <laughs> I would be like.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. I, like, I agree. I'm no, I agree. Um, who is your dream podcast guest? Oh, I know I have a few, okay. but yeah.
1: this is, <laughs> this is probably sounds lame, but honestly, it's, it's one of my favorite shows. And I, I, I just really like her and I'd really love to have a very fast conversation with her is Lauren Graham, AKA oh, Lorelai Gilmore. Yes. Um aka Sarah Braverman from Parenthood. Yep. It's I just think she's a person that's like talented, been on beloved shows. She's a writer now. Mm-hmm. She lives a very normal life. I think there's a difference between an actress and a celebrity. She's chosen to be an actress mm-hmm. and not get the whole like art of crazy paparazzi celebrity CNBC. and yep. scene. And I think like I would love to talk to somebody like that that I've really enjoyed my whole life. And I think our personalities like I feel like a lot of my personality I like accidentally based on Lorelei, yeah. even though it's not her. <laughs>
0: but like I, I think you guys. Shows. Yep. <laughs> could have a great conversation. I actually just got into Gilmore Girls recently and I binge watched the whole series twice actually in a row, um, but I didn't watch it when it was first on, but I am obsessed with the quick, the, whoever wrote that script, I mean, I know who wrote it, but the, the writing in it and the quick conversations, like I could totally see you having a conversation with her, like a, like back and forth. I could think it would be awesome. I'm for it. <laughs>
1: yeah, like, I, I think, you know, there. I, I mean, whenever people ask those questions, I'm like, I would love to talk to you know, Michelle Obama, I'd love to talk to Sarah Blakely. Like I'd love to talk to like, you know, uh, major leaders in industry, women bosses, like whatever. But I also, given it's a pop culture podcast, I'm just like, who are people not hearing from on podcasts? You could have a conversation with serious depth and not just be like, tell us what you're working on. Yes, yes, (laughs) Um, yes. So
0: Okay, cool. Um, If you had one extra hour in the day, how would you use it? Or what would you do?
1: Hmm. I... I would probably just like try to make myself unplug. Uh, I'd be better about unplugging in a sense of just like hanging out with my husband, Mm -hmm. playing with my dog, watching TV, disconnecting. I feel like in being self-employed, your work bleeds into your life Mm -hmm. and part of work really being like, you know, consistent on Instagram, I have to be on it a lot. And like, I think sometimes it's just really, it's hard for me to disconnect because if, especially if I'm ignoring something there's no one else that's going to do it and then right. I feel really guilty mm-hmm. um and I think I sometimes and like my husband goes to bed earlier than me I I'm a vampire I don't sleep yeah I always wish that we had like one more hour in the evening before he fell asleep Aww. and before you know what but like when he between when he gets home from work because like yeah you you know you gotta make the most of your time together right. but when you're still working at like eight it's hard to stop
0: oh totally okay Cool. Especially cool. with
1: writing. Like, you get oh. it. You sit down and you're yes. just like, it, it, it's it's a time suck. Like, it, I, I I actively am like, wh- I've been sitting here for six hours and I've written a paragraph. Like, right. what is going like, on? Like, what
0: is that? I've been working on, I, I wrote a, a, I had a book come out in 2015 and I've been working on a second book. It's a novel for literally a decade. Like, I can't finish it. <laughs>
1: like, I could just, never write a novel. Yeah, it's that impossible.
0: Would- I don't know if I'm actually, I, like, I, I, it's just it takes up so much time, which is fine. Like I'm, that's fine. But like you said, I'll sit for hours and it's a paragraph. So.
1: And and you're planting seeds for a garden. You're not totally sure right. you'll see it grow because you don't know if you'll actually publish it. Correct. But you probably will. And you probably should. But- <laughs> and yeah, it's, it's so hard to get motivated yep. when you're like, I don't even know if anyone's going to care.
0: Right. They exactly. Exactly. Anyway. That's
1: the thing. You always have to do it anyway. You
0: have to do it anyway. Right. It's true. Um, okay, just a couple more. If you were running for president or office, some in office, you're gonna run to be in office, what would your campaign slogan be? Would it be like be there in five? <laughs> what would your Oh
1: I know. I know. It's kinda like it's like I have like my housewives taglines like right. you know, in order to be a sometimes to be a ten, you've gotta be there. But, five, right, I like love it. Stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but my last name's Kennedy. So I feel like there's already another one. of Grand oh. president.
0: <laughs> yep. I think there you go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know. I like, yeah, it would probably be like, you know, see you on, you know, January, whatever, inauguration day at like 1205. Like, I don't know. I, I, right. always, like I, it's something with Kate and late there, There's something yes. there, like still dependable, just not always on. I love it.
0: There you go. I love it. And, uh, what motto or quote do you try to live by every day?
1: I ooh I feel like um there's I, I, I mean it kind of depends on the day. I feel like lately I've been having a lot of um like tense conversations mm-hmm. and uh I I'll get like I'm not confrontational but when I'm in the moment I'll get like more like emotional and expressive not that that's wrong but mm-hmm. I think sometimes my point gets lost in my reaction and I can't even think clearly and I remember like you know, even though it's kind of a cliche, but reading Sheryl Sandberg's book, Lean In, there's Mm -hmm. just this one concept that stuck out to me. And she said that in business um, her one strategy is to be relentlessly pleasant Mm. and not give anybody a reason to discount or dismiss what you're saying because of how you're acting. And so I I actively try to be calm. I try to be pleasant. I try to eviscerate eviscerate people with words and not with tone and not with volume. Like, I, I really try to make a conscious effort to, you know, just to be relentlessly pleasant because I think that it helps to add to clarity in conversation. Mm-hmm. It helps with negotiation. And I think for, you know, I, I hugely struggle with asking for more money. I mm-hmm. hugely struggle for pushing back and getting what I want. Um, but I find that if I walk away from a conversation and I, you know, I, I, I kind of just calmly presented my point, there's really no reason – like, it just helps me feel less weird about it. You know? Right,
0: right. I love That's so cool. I love that answer. That's cool. That's awesome. Um, well, you're I don't want it, this to end. This is so fun, but I guess it just has to end. <laughs> but oh, thank you. Before, before we totally wrap up, tell everyone where for those who aren't following you, tell them where they can follow you and all those fun things.
1: Yeah, so my podcast is called Be There in Five, F I V E, um, not the number five. Mm-hmm. And uh, my Instagram handle is also at Be There in Five. And my book is called Twinkle Twinkle Social Media Star. You can buy it at Amazon, bookstore mm-hmm. near you. Um, and pretty soon, my products will be back up on Be There in Five. dot com.
0: Amazing. And you have also a Be There in Five podcast Instagram. Is that something people like? Is that
1: I do? Yeah, I kind of use that as like places to post stuff where I don't really care how it looks. <laughs> <laughs> hey at least um, we're honest yeah so that 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 is yeah it's at be there in five podcasts. right
0: okay awesome well thank you so so much for doing this this was so much fun
1: I, thank you for having me I hope I was unfiltered enough oh no you were enough. you
0: were thank <laughs> you and as always you can all follow me at Julie Lauren 14 and I'll talk to you very soon bye bye